Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. And welcome back to Wrestling Mindset. Today, we're here with the guy you probably don't know, Spencer Lee. <laughs> Spencer, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me, Ben. Appreciate it. Awesome. Awesome. We'll jump right into it. Actually, one of the, one of the questions that, that I didn't tell you about that I was thinking about, I saw an interview before with, um, I think it was Terry Brands talking about Don Ernst. Now, Don Ernst was mm. my coach. Oh, no way. Years ago. Don, I, Don was my <laughs> first mentor back in eighth grade. And when I heard Tom uh, Terry say that that you had a relationship with them, you knew him, and and the, oh, yeah. the that was, I said, "Oh man, get out of here!" Don was my coach. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, well, the, Don would always he would send me like CDs of matches that he thought that would be relevant to like me, and so that's kind of like, and it's funny because growing up, I always joke that I didn't know anything about college wrestling. I didn't, I didn't watch my first like collegiate match till I was probably like a freshman in college or in high school. I mean, um, when, it, as in like a pre- present college match, like I watched Terry and Tom and Kale and all the, you know, all the greats in like the eighties and nineties and early two thousands, but I only watched freestyle wrestling. So, um, I read books on freestyle wrestling. I mean, it's the only thing I knew, the only thing I cared about was the Olympics. I never cared about college. I didn't know college was such a big deal until I was like a sophomore in high school, and uh, people started, you know, talking about how recruiting is going to start happening in, jan- in in your junior year. So Don Ernst would send me videos, like CDs of of, of like world champions from like the Soviet Union and and uh, you know, a- I mean every country. I mean he had so many different like because that's, that's what he did. He filmed um, matches that people don't even know are filmed from like these these like you know seventies and eighties. And Terry has like a bunch of those CDs with him as well. So me and Terry used to always watch the film that he would send and he would send me packets and he would have like, he would write stuff down, like what time to look at and what people would do and his interpretation of the wrestling. So I always thought that was pretty cool. So me and Don had a pretty good relationship and he was a tough son of a gun. I mean, he was fighting a lot of illnesses, um, his and towards the end of his life. And, you know, he, he wasn't supposed to live like 10 years prior to that. And he was still kicking it. So 
Talk that's, about. It. I mean, that that's a mental thing. My my opinion. He he uh he wanted to still help people, and you know, and uh you know, I saw him a lot. I I you know, I didn't talk to him a whole lot because you know he didn't really use his phone much. But he, and he would show up and 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 Carver, you know, I always had a long conversation with him. He always had something to give me. He was a very uh, giving person. So. Oh, extremely generous. Like I said, he was my first mentor back in eighth grade. And I mean, yeah. he took me under his wing. Any of those videos he sent you, you guarantee I've watched all of them dozens of times, but like the Russians, the, the Japanese, yeah. the, the Mongolians, all these guys, the Iranians going back into the seventies, there was videos that he had that only him and ABC had rights to. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> so, you're right. <laughs> so it's ridiculous. And then like, as soon as he retired, he got diagnosed with bone cancer. And, and from that moment that you saw, like from 2008, he fought it for 10 years, 10 or more years. Yeah. And I, there was one there was one time he was in my basement. He was coaching me and he had me do stand-ups. He said, OK, 20 perfect stand-ups and then you're done. I'm sure every wrestler has done something like this. Now, this was before the movie Miracle, where they said again, again, again. Well, anyway, I get down from 20s, counting backwards. I get down to 15. That one wasn't right. Back to 20. And he did that a few times to me when I down to 10. Anyway, we got down to one. And then he's like, OK, one more time one more time. One, so the workout began when I got down to one and this was before the movie miracle. And when he got cancer, he reminded me, he said that lesson one more time is not just for wrestling. That's your whole life. One more time. Whenever you think you can't go, you got one more time. So he is, he was a tough son of a gun. No, I, that's a name, man. That's a, yeah. Oh yeah. Last in the past for me. You know? Oh so. yes. He was the flow wrestling before the flow wrestling. Anyway, when I saw Terry talking yep. about yeah, yeah, yeah. that, I thought that was great. All right, so now we'll kick it into some of the other questions we had. So dealing with pressure, and one of the things I remember you talking about with Caden Henschel was that when you said that if you if, if you didn't um, tech a guy, people were, you know, people looking at it like, oh, what's going on? Spencer's off today. Or, wow, this guy's really good if you don't tech or major a guy. Talk about the mindset with that. Uh, I think it was just hard because, like, as someone who's extremely hard on himself already, you know, when – you're not really supposed to read media and stuff, but like when it's always constantly being thrown at you and like every time I have a media day with like the Iowa media people or, you know, the, the, the local media, they would always ask the same questions. Like, well, what did he do different? You know? And I'm like looking at, I remember like going, well, I teched him in the second period, you know, and, and, and they're, they'd be like, well, he, he definitely figured you out, you know? And I, I always was just like, to me, it was always like, you know, the other guy wants to win too. And this is the, you know, Division one wrestling at the highest level. I mean, how many wrestlers have you seen now that have been successful in college, just dominating the, the international scene? How many world champs do we have in, in like almost every weight class at U17, U20, U23? Like co college wrestling, if you're a national champ, like you, you're probably good enough to win U23 worlds or U20 worlds, you know, easily, you know, and anyone who's won U20 worlds is always a top three guy at the end of the tournament, really, you know, very rarely that they're not. So, like, if you're that good, like, these guys are in the NCAA. Like, these guys are really, really good wrestling. So, I used to always get frustrated because, like, my motto is always respect all, fear none. And every single time I wrestle a guy, you know, if I didn't destroy them, you know, quote, unquote, like, the people would just, like, they would lose their minds, you know. Oh, I was, you know, he was supposed to write tech, but I was pretty impressed, you know. It's just, like, like I, you know, it was almost, I mean, it's humbling a little bit because, like, of how people must have thought about me as a competitor. So if you look at it that way, that could be a positive, you know, but yeah, it definitely is hard when like, no matter what, like you almost feel like you have to live up to those expectations and, you know, and that does put pressure on you and you know that does make it a little harder and you shouldn't have to think like that. You know, you should, you should let that bother you, but you know, I'd be lying if I said it didn't affect me even a little bit, even though I did everything I could not to have it affect me, but inadvertently it, it definitely did. 
Um, cause maybe, maybe I would win, you know, 13 to one or something. I'd freak out after the match and Tom and Terry would be like, you're fine. Like you did good stuff. You know, yeah, I, you might've stopped wrestling at this point in the match. Should have kept going, should have kept doing what you were doing, you know, that kind of thing. But again, like you said, you know, it is, it is frustrating, but you know, I mean, I guess if you're in that position, it's not that bad of a, you know, position to be in, but. Right. It's like, we have to operate from the assumptions that are the assumptions, the premise that number one, we're all human. And the other thing is this guy signed up for the sport too. He's trying to win as well. Mm -hmm. And these are some of the toughest people, not only in the country, but in the entire world. And they're training just to beat you. Yeah. Especially especially when target on your back for sure. Exactly. So what, what might be now? Okay. These other wrestlers, high school wrestlers, these college guys, they're not Spencer Lee, but some of them have what you had to a, to a smaller extent, maybe at the high school level. What are some good things you might recommend them to do mentally and emotionally that they could tell themselves to not have as much weight on their back? Well, I mean, like, no matter what, you know, every match to you should be the, the biggest in the world because it's the next one, right? So, like, that, that I mean, that could help you because you could always see the next opponent as, like, you know, a world final, the big finals opponent, you know, because no matter what, then the score won't matter. You know, Tom and Terry are always big advocates of, like, staying away from social media. I know it's a little harder in today's era. Social media might help you get, you know, deals or whatever, and the collegiate and even in high school at this point, honestly. So I understand that, that that can make it a little harder. But, you know, like I said, you saw the interview with Caden. He's someone who's a he's like our wrestling's only YouTuber, you know, like. And so, like, some people like in this era, it's a little different. But, you know, I do also agree with Tom and Terry. You should stay away from it, you know, a little bit. You shouldn't be reading things. You shouldn't be, like, going through comments, like. That's just stuff that all it's going to do is, you know, weigh on you mentally. And it's just not, not, not what you want to do, not where you want to be. You want to be as focused as possible. And, you know, whether that's writing things down, whether that's, you know, whatever, whatever you have to do to get ready for that match, you know? And for me, it was always just worrying about that day's practice or the next day's practice. I never like to think about the opponent or what they did or during the week. Cause like, get nervous you stress yourself out a little bit like me i would get nervous if i thought about what they did or if i watched film on them you know i'm not saying watch film is bad but i never really watched film because i would on myself or on anyone because i would get nervous or whatever so for me it was always just like how can i feel better it was like writing down what i did good that day you know what i could have done better and then maybe applying that to the next day so that was kind of how i was that's that's great so that's the approach before the match now let's zoom into a match okay so let's say i don't know a guy gets a first takedown it could happen right or a guy gets Absolutely. a reversal or it's like hey the first period ends, second period ends you're up by a point you're up by two points or maybe you're down by a point or two what what should what would be good things that well that you tell yourself you'd recommend other people to tell themselves well tom and terry are pretty pretty big advocates of that because like you know terry terry uh in college he said he'd always imagine himself being down 2-0 in a match because he gave up the first takedown like like most of his matches, like 90% of his matches, because he was so aggressive, like almost overly aggressive, that he would go to – so before the match even started, he'd always say he's down 2-1 because he's going to get out, right? And that's just kind of how he he went through it. For me, it was like it didn't matter. Like, you know, I was someone who didn't really show much emotion on the mat, like, fa- like my facial expressions or anything. To me, it was just like as long as your body is moving and your hands and feet are moving and you're wrestling – then scoring is going to happen. It doesn't matter if they score first. Like you just get up and you just keep scoring. You know, the more you think, I think the the less effective that is. I think wrestling is a instinctive sport. And and if you're constantly telling yourself to just do it, you know, Tom and Terry always say, don't think, just do it. You know, and that's kind of like what wrestling should be like in a match. You get blasted off your feet, 
like you shouldn't even like once you hit the ground you should already be on your feet like that's how that's how it should feel like you shouldn't be like oh wow i got taken down and then all of a sudden you get chopped and all of a sudden you're on your face right like oh that never happens i never get first period you know it's just, you should already be on your feet and turning and just keep keep wrestling because you know we have a lot of guys like that on our team that like i like to tell them like hey if they take you down one takedown is not gonna be enough to beat you that's all that matters just next thing next thing next thing you know so right so that might be a good like reset button to tell yourself that anyway, yeah. if you get scored on you just tell yourself just get right back or just do it some just something quick maybe you tell yourself do you yeah do you maybe yourself? i mean i i never thought i didn't you like thinking it. if i if i was like if i was like cognizant in a wrestling match i was wrestling bad like really bad like the match was like at stake to be honest you know and it's only happened to me a handful of times but like what you if, if you're like that means you didn't have a good warm-up or like you weren't like ready to go you know because like to me it was like the best matches I ever wrestled were when I'd walk off the mat and be like, how do I even score? You know, I don't even know what happened, you know? And Terry be like, Oh yeah, you did. Like, how do I even take him down? Like, I wouldn't even remember just cause like, you're just moving. Right. And I, that means you're ready to go in my mind. I mean, and, and everyone could be different. Some people like DeSanto's not like that. Like he, he's always telling himself what he needs to do in his head. And he's constantly thinking, you know, very different from me, you know, they're just, just an example, you know, um, everyone's different. So fine what right. works for you. Right. And now what about if a guy, you know, a guy's clearly clamming up, trying to stall. He's trying to keep it close. That can be frustrating for a lot of guys. So it's the same thing. It's not that you you don't want to be telling yourself a lot, but in that moment, might you have to tell yourself something to keep your composure? Well, I mean, I don't think you need to tell yourself something because I think, I think there are ways to do it. Cause like, like uh, Tom and Terry are big on like a, like a reset point. Tom and Terry always looked at their thumbs and that was like the reset point. You know, they don't have to, speak you know like to them you could see and they, they go like this they look at it and i mean like this would mean like it's go time you know so some people it could be anything it could be like whatever it is to you it could be touching something it could be like i don't know a reset you could look into like what a, a reset point is or a comeback point or whatever it's called um that could be what brings you back to reality without having because i i still think that like if you're thinking like oh man i'm not doing very well like you're already like you're you're kind of out of it you know like you're gonna be thinking and your reactions are slower. It'd be like thinking, oh, I need to dodge rather than just dodging, you know, like like a punch or something, you know? No, that's absolutely right. And and the, yeah. the words actually activates more of your left brain, which is more like analytical and theoretical. When you're just looking at something that activates more of the right brain, which is more like emotions, feel, and flow. So that makes sense right off the bat with what you're saying there about that um reset point. Yeah, no, that's, that's what I, that's what we, we think about it, you know, so. Uh, no, it's great. I talk about also mentally dealing with wrestling people that you looked up to when you were younger. Okay. So like you wrestling Nico Megalutis and Logan Stevers in his corner, guys that you look to and, you know, modeling yourself after at least to some extent, maybe. Right. So yeah, that's kind of, it's kind of funny. Cause those are like the only two guys I looked up to growing up that were like in the era, you know? So it's like, like Nico's from my high school. And then, you know, so I was always trying to be like him. And then Logan was like the guy that I kind of like emulated my top style off of for folk style. And he was like the like the guy that I was like always wanted to be like in college, right? So it just made me laugh that like they're both like in the corners like against me, kind of, you know, just like makes you feel kind of old, even though obviously I'm not old, but you know, like you're getting there out of college, you know. So it, it, I mean, it was fun. I mean, me and Nico, like, we're we're cool. Like I was like I would love to wrestle him again, you know, just because like you know, like I said, he's a great opponent and he's someone that I've always looked up to and I've always wanted to wrestle. So kind of goofy that we wrestle like the Bill Farrell and not like me always should have been like a world olympic trials like something like that but we'll probably end up wrestling there too so the time is now to take your mindset to the next level with wrestling mindset 
make sure you go to our website, wrestlingmindset.com, and sign up for your free trial session today. Don't wait any longer. You want the Mental Edge right now. When you sign up for the free trial session, you're also going to get a copy of our free ebook, Building the Predator Mindset. This book has helped thousands of people build confidence, relax under pressure, get motivated, and build mental toughness in wrestling, school, and life. Make sure you sign up for your free trial session today. Um, yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. I mean, yeah, definitely mentally, it's definitely a little harder because like you, you have so much respect for them. Like, like I know, I know Tom was like you respected him too much in the match, is what I was told. Um, just because like, I mean, like to me, it was like, oh, it's Nico, you know. Like, I remember being like eight years old watching him like win stuff, you know, and like in high school nine years old and I, mean, I think he's only five or six years old i think six years older than me maybe maybe maybe, maybe only five years older but you know that's a pretty big significant gap like i remember being high, like in junior high and he was in college you know making the national finals when i was in eighth grade so like those are like things that definitely like weigh on your mind a little bit like oh this is the like guy you look up to you know i've never i've never had that problem because i never like looked up to like <laughs> that many people um in, in the wrestling world like in that kind of way just because like to me i always like would say to myself, like, I'm going to be better than them. I'll surpass them. Like, there's no, like, like hero. You know, some people are like, oh, you're my hero. Hero. But, um, is my mic okay? I said switch to the, okay, there we go. Can you still hear me? Okay. And, uh, so to me, it was just like, there are people I want to emulate my wrestling off of. And then all of a sudden now I'm wrestling them. So it was just kind of funny. I mean, I thought that was cool. You know, it, it, it was, it was fun. Like having my dad and like Nico's dad, like kind of almost like they were like almost next to each other. Like we were wrestling, you know, just cause like, see, we know each other for a long time. So. You're still muted. That's, that's, that, that's awesome. That's another, that's, that's a great experience to have, even though it's like, yeah, maybe a little weird, a little different, but yeah, just yeah. another great thing. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the beauty of wrestling, man. You know, there might be someone that took a picture with me. Uh, and all of a sudden I might be wrestling in four years, you know, you never know. I mean, I know there's an example, there's a kid I wrestled from uh, Wyoming last year. He posted a picture of, take a picture with me when I was at the Powerade tournament, like in high school, I was like a freshman or something. And he was like up to my hip and I had to wrestle him. Uh, and he, I think he's a junior world champ. Yeah. So he's, 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 oh, tough, you're going to so. be, the, you're going to be the guy that gets that a lot. A lot of those younger guys who took pictures. Of maybe. Me. Yeah, maybe that'd be cool. You know, that'd be cool. But oh, definitely. Definitely. All right. So my nephews, they really look up to you. They run out to the Pokemon theme song before wrestling. He has 14 Charizard cards. So is that, is that good? Is that good for him? <laughs> yeah, Char- Well, I mean, uh, the most expensive cards in the world are uh, like first generation Charizard cards. So those, those cards can, you know, range from like a couple of thousand to even a hundred, hundreds of thousands of dollars, which is absurd, but it is. But now running out to those songs, you think that's good because that keeps you kind of calm. Like it's, it, it feels like the energy is going, but it's not like, you know, we're making you crazy. Oh, uh, well, like the the reason why I ran out to Pokemon theme song was because um, the only game I played growing up was Pokemon. Like, and I would travel like on trips, like to camps and tournaments and whatever. I had like my little Game Boy and then I had DS and I had a 3DS. Then I had, now now to switch, you know, I'm, 25 now it's a switch so it's like um you're like it was like for me it was like the the lyrics and then how much time i put in to traveling to get better um with wrestling like all the hours in the car 
that we did to just to get partners and coaches and and stuff. And every single time I would drive, like I would, I wouldn't drive. My dad would, um, I would be playing Pokemon. So like, it was like, uh, like it meant a lot to me, you know? And then the lyrics of the song are obviously like, I want to be the very best, like no one ever was. So it's like, it's like the lyrics mean something because like, I, I do want to be the very best, you know? Um, plus it also reminded me of why I was there and what it took to get there, you know? So like, not only was it like funny that I ran out to the the Pokemon theme song, but like, it really had a, a, a larger meaning to it, to me, you know, like when I heard that song, it was like, this is why I'm here, you know? And I know that's like goofy to think, but like, that's, that's how I think, you know, like without like, uh, I don't know how many hours we drove. I mean, we, we drove, you know, two, two and a half hours, one way, both ways, you know, four days a week for eight years, maybe more, you know, like, I mean, my dad ruined cars driving, and, you know, and I, and I, and he always bought me the new Pokemon game. I always beat it. I, you know, and I was just like, for me, like, reminded you of why you're there you know so there's definitely something to it having a song like you feel good and you get that good flow i remember in um the flow documentary on terry where he said when he heard the in the 2000 trials and he heard the, that the snowy river song and he said i knew it was my i knew it was my tournament yeah yeah no there's definitely uh things like that that can you know help you like get grounded so absolutely so now what advice would you give to eight-year-olds or under what could like just how to keep it fun how do i know it's it's so young right but you have these guys looking up to you probably hear that well what what kind of things would you would you tell them mentally emotionally and and then also like what kind of moves would you recommend starting kids with well it's funny my dad my dad always got he always uh he was pretty cool when i was like younger um i'd always like be playing pokemon in the stands or with with my buddies or something then i'd be like He'd be like, oh my gosh, you're about to be up and you run out of the stands and go wrestle and then you go back and I'd be playing Pokemon again. You know, like it was just like, uh, it was always about being like, it's always about fun. You know, obviously that changed a little bit when uh, he started to notice that I was good at a very young age. You know, I was, you know, I mean, gosh, I don't even know how many times I lost from eight years old to like 18, maybe like 15 times, you know? Like I, I, I like never lost. Um, and that's not like the, I'm not bragging it to, it was just like, it went from being like all fun to like, Hey, this is like, like he could be good. You know, I remember like my dad telling my mom, like, like he told me, they told my mom that like, Hey, we're gonna have a lot of wrestling in our life. Like, I think he could be legit, you know, like, because my dad was a national judo coach for like Olympic team, you know, he coached Olympic silvers and Olympic bronzes. He never coached Olympic champs, but because judo men's judo has never had an Olympic champ. But uh, he did coach a silver and some bronzes and a lot of Olympians. You know, he's, he's seen what it takes at that level. You know, even when I was younger, he could tell. My mom always made fun of him, like, oh, come on, Larry. Like, he's so young. You don't know that. And, and like, my mom was also an Olympic judo athlete, you know, so she she knew too. But, like, she's always making fun of him just because, like, she was less serious than he was. She was more like me, like the, 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 the kind of like the freak athlete that, like, you know, was more about having fun. You know, my dad was like the – the typical like not super great athlete like for judo but like just insanely hard worker you know just wanted so bad so they're kind of a cool combo you know for like coaching as parents and uh so I knew that like it's just like it's different you know when you're but like for me like the advice would be like mostly about having fun it's all about having fun like especially like in a group of kids like uh, the most fun times I remember was traveling to tournaments with like a bunch of kids like in a long car ride and we're all like on our ds's like playing together or like 
you know, just like cheering on the guys, warming them up, like going out to eat after just like, just like those are memories like I'll never forget, you know? So like, it was always like, you know, find like a support network of, of friends and to like do it with together. Cause it's, it's nice for your parents too. Cause they can have someone to support. Someone could take them on rides, you know, like to tournaments and camps that like you can't with work, you know? So like to me, it was always like find a group of friends to like, you know, try and achieve your goals together and make sure it's fun. Make sure, you know, those, and then those are your friends for like almost for life, you know? And, uh, obviously like make sure it's fun. You know, wrestling's all about fun. Cause I, I, I hate the word burnout because you can't burn out if you love it. You know, if you just love it every single day, like how do you burn out? So like, and that's like something parents always say, like, how do we stop a kid from burnout? Like make sure he loves it. You know, my dad always made me take a month off, like in August every year, I would be a month, no wrestling. I used to get so mad. Cause like after like two weeks, I'd just be freaking out. Like he's like, no, no wrestling. Like then I would come back and like, I'd be better at wrestling and people wouldn't believe my dad that I didn't wrestle for a month. Like they'd be like, where do you train? Like, where was he going? He hasn't done that at all. Like my dad'd be like, yeah, he hasn't done anything. I mean, he's been running, you know, just, you know, playing, playing airsoft, you know, like just join himself, you know? And like, I think it's good to have breaks like that when you're younger, for sure. You, you don't want it to be like a job when they're younger. And I think some parents might be a little too extreme about that. It's still about, about having fun, you know? So No, make makes sense. Now, if you're going to start a wrestler from the top, what are some of the things you might, like a neutral, a top and a bottom to give them a solid foundation. Like everyone wants like the tricks. What are the tricks? But it's not the tricks. It's like, how would you, what what kind of techniques or where would Man. you start them? Neutral, top, and bottom. Well, I mean, I worked mostly top and bottom growing up because I knew that in high school and junior high that the coaches would be mostly working on neutral only. So like my, my like uh, main focus was top and bottom because I mean, it's true. I was in high school and even in the college rooms, you don't, you don't work on bottom or top nearly as much as you do neutral. That's because most of your career you're going to be neutral, you know. Like, obviously, the big difference between high school and college is usually top and bottom. Maybe less now than even when I was a freshman in college. The wrestlers are evolving so much in high school now. But for me, it was always top, bottom first, and then neutral. So maybe that's, like, some advice I'd give. I mean, I was, I'm very basic. I mean, I just like I do anything, like, super funky or crazy you know like i i've been hitting the same moves since i was like nine eight years old you could really i could really pull up a match of me when i was eight and you would see me hit like a fireman's into a tilt like like i swear i swear on my life like that like i remember showing some of my buddies about it. they didn't believe me you know i remember like showing like my like tulsa finals like match you know and just i go out there and i, I like snap the kid down go behind and hit a, a roll under tilt you know and i'm like nine you know, it's like, I haven't changed. I just like improve those positions a little bit every year. And, you know, you obviously get older and better. And, you know, so like, to me, it's like, find what your kid's good at and just make them the best at it, you know? And that's like, there's no like secret. You know? Right. No, make, make, make sense. I right, changing gears a little talk about the influence of your coaches. I know we probably hit on this the last time we spoke, but talk about Jody strip matter, talk about brands, brothers and Morningstar and those guys over there. Yeah, no, I mean, I think, uh, like I said, finding a support network like that is super important. I mean, I got really lucky. I had great coaches my whole life. You know, I started out like, you know, with Eric and Scotty Burnett in Ohio. Um, and then I obviously Jody was Young Guns. Those are the two clubs that I went to. Um, Burnett trained and uh, Young Guns. Those are two clubs that I grew up going to. And then obviously, you know, in college, Tom, Terry, Morningstar, Telford, you know, my coaches, 
just like the the influence they have on you. So like, make sure you find someone that you that fits with you, that coaches you right. Um, that was like a big thing for me. You know, Jody was awesome. Jody and John and and Joey, they were they were all awesome when they were coaching me. Um, in high school and junior high, they were uh, they they like they they were like always watching film and always trying to find positions that they think they could help me improve. And I think that was something that made them such a great coaching staff. You know, co- you know, club coach. Cause it was never like, like going through the motions. Like it was always like, we had to get better, had to do this, had to do that, you know? And that's like how it is at college too. You know, like how can we get better every single day? And so like, that's why I always like say finding the place that feels like family to you. You know, I've always felt like I was accepted, like almost into these people's families, you know? And I think that's like, you know, very, very like, you know, for them like it's like it describes them as people and I think that's pretty cool you know I was always like super impressed about the people and I was very very lucky to have the people that I had in my life growing up as coaches and as you know mentors and more even you know so right and I guess if feeling that over at Iowa because I guess a lot of people you know a lot of people thinking you're in, you're in Pennsylvania probably shooing to go to Penn State because they're killing it and everything and, the, and then you went to Iowa and a lot of people are like oh wow I said but yeah but if you look at if you look at the um brands brothers their personality and just that that feeling at iowa it's a, it's a it's a special feeling not to say it's not special other places too but mm-hmm. if that feels more like home for you you go there well that's exactly what i mean like you just got to find a place where you feel like it's the right place for you you know and that could be anywhere it doesn't have to be a penn state or iowa like the number one two schools every year it could be anywhere and i think that's like very important you know because there's a lot of people that are successful at other places you know so you just got to find what's best for you and what makes you feel like you can be the best version of yourself. And like I always say, it's like finding a family is what I always tell people. That's what I call it. So. Uh, makes sense. And I always, I always feel like, Hey, I mean, I wasn't at that level, but as far as um, wrestling, like, it would have been awesome to wrestle for the brands brothers. I mean, I wrestled over at UPenn, but I've, I'm mm-hmm. thinking about watching those guys and like, it just, it just really seems like they believe in each of their athletes. And I know a lot of coaches say that, but it just seems like they are really in their guy's corner and they really believe they can win. Like not not all American win, like national champion win. Every guy. Absolutely. Yeah, no, that they're 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 uh extremely, extremely loyal to that. And they're they like live and die by the athletes. So it's pretty cool. That's awesome. Now um another another question about just uh, mentally bouncing back from injuries. That a lot of kids deal with that, a lot mm-hmm. of athletes deal with it, and for a lot of people it an injury will break them mentally and emotionally and other guys will bounce back and be even better than before. How do you do that? Well, it was always just one day at a time for me. Like it, it, like when you get hurt, like, yeah, it might feel like the world's ending, but like for me, like I got hurt a lot. So like, I was very used to like the feeling of like, all right, like how can I get better? Like, what's the next thing? You know, how can I, what, what's the fastest route for me to get back on the mat? And I was like, every single time. So like, it was like one day at a time, whether it's like talking to the doctors, whether it was surgery, whether it was not having surgery, whether it was taking six months and just rehabbing, you know, whatever the, you know, the, the recipe that we had created for success was, you know, and that, that was like, you know, for me, it was just one day at a time, next best thing, next day, next thing, next thing, you know, just not thinking about anything else, but that, you know, because I mean, all you can do is stretch stuff out and make yourself frustrated if, if you don't think that way you know you're not going to be able to get back on the mat faster if you're just stressing and, and struggling to try and get back you know you might as well put all your all into it 
So. Right. If, if, if you're looking like, why me or why, why mm-hmm. does this happen or, or, or you know, um, what, other other people are healthy. It's, it just throws you off completely. If you're if you're just focusing on, hey, how can I get better? How can I even improve while I'm hurt? Like you were saying, that changes everything. Yeah, yeah. I wrote like a, a blog post for Rudis. Um, and the big thing I said was instead of why me, why not me, you know? And the reason I said that was because I remember, um, when I won my third national title and I had both my ACLs torn, I remember like telling Tom, like, I'm glad it's me and not any of my other teammates. And he kind of like laughs and was like, why do you even say that? And I was like, cause I can do it. I'm not saying they can't, but like, I know I can do it. And I don't want anyone else to do like to go through what I'm going through. Like it's better, like for me, it was like, it's better off being me than anyone else, you know, just because not because I didn't believe that anyone else could do it or I'm not believing in my teammates, but like, like I said, like I knew I could do it and like, I'd rather be the one that had to do it hurt than, than anyone else. So that makes sense. Like, why not me? No, absolutely. That's, that's it. That's the mindset of a champion. I was going to, that was going to be the last question I asked about, um, (laughs) talk about your sponsor, well, about your sponsors, Rudis and how they, Like you said, you wrote that article for them. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. We'll have to we'll have to throw that link in the in the show notes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, it, it's good. It's just like a short little brief of like you know going going through like tough times and like instead of thinking instead of instead of being like down on yourself, you can like you know what this is a, a battle that I can win, and that's why it was given to me. You know, absolutely. Oh, that's awesome, Spencer. Thank you very much for everything. Hey, what when's next time you're competing? Um, we'll see. Maybe the open. We'll see. If not, I don't know when. <laughs> so. All right. Awesome, Spencer. Great stuff. Thanks for everything. Appreciate it. A lot of golden yeah. nuggets of information that, that I hope I hope our viewers are watching and not just looking. And this is something Don Ernst taught me also. He said, don't just watch the champions and say, wow, great, great, Spencer Lee, great. No, no, listen to what he's saying. Listen mm-hmm. to these little bits of information because it could go a long way. It's awesome. That's the mindset of a champion. So thanks a lot, Spencer. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. If the great Don Ernst said it, that means you should listen. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Oh, he, he forced me to listen. He'd hit me. <laughs> <laughs> I love Don. He's awesome. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Thanks, Spencer. Yep, Take no care. problem. You too. We'll see Bye. You. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.